KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. <laughs> it's, like, it's the best feeling in the world, being on that mound and knowing that that team's got no, no chance. It's hard to explain, really, being on that mound, just completely dominating. Walking off that field with a complete game shutout is one of the greatest feelings in the world, you know. And it, it all comes back to the, to the mindset and, and having confidence. That's, that's really what it comes back to. And our guest this week, Ryan Kulik. He is the head baseball coach at Rutgers Camden, a former Rowan University star who spent several years playing pro baseball. And Ryan, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what has life been like for you during this pandemic here? Uh, you had your first season as head coach cut short, I think, after only six games. And, uh, you know, how crazy has it been? How much have you been able to, to work with the kids and, and on, a, on any level? It's been really crazy. I'm not going to lie. We haven't been on the field together since since March in our last game. And I haven't been able to do anything since that time. We didn't have a fall season. They were lucky enough to, to play in a, in a fall league, but I wasn't able to coach that. But it's it's been tough. I'm not going to lie, especially you know my first year, only playing six games, uh, getting a job pretty late in November, and trying to scramble uh, to get you know to get the team moving in the right direction, trying to change the culture here. Uh, it was not an easy first year, but I, I'm really looking forward to the future, and I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, are you uh, optimistic you'll get something in, or is it still kind of uh, to be determined? Uh, right now, we have an 18-game in-conference-only schedule. We're, uh, we're scheduled to open up with William Patterson on April 3rd. So let's talk about you, South Jersey kid. Was baseball always your top sport growing up? Yeah. Yeah, it always was. Uh, my brothers played, and ever since I can remember, I just I always wanted to play the game of baseball. You know, playing in the big leagues was a, was a dream of mine. Came up a little short, but uh, it was it was something I always wanted to do, and I just have always had passion for it. And, you know, I played other sports growing up. I played basketball and soccer and football. But I just I just always stuck with baseball. And it was just something that I loved and still love to this day. And and I just I enjoy it. What was it that made you fall in love with the sport? I guess as a pitcher, you know, you, you can kind of dictate the the game. You, know, you got the ball in your hand. The game doesn't start until until you go. And I kind of like that. And, you know, all eyes are on you being – being in the center of the field and you know I like that attention being you know being being a pitcher and and living in that you know that spotlight there's nothing better than than being on that mound at the end of the game throwing a complete game shutout and you know your teammates celebrate with you it's just there's not a better feeling than that so just I've always loved it so when growing up do you start to feel like you can take baseball a little further than most you know when do you start feel like you know, maybe you're getting a little more attention, you know, you're getting picked for teams or, you know, being able to play on teams that maybe some of your friends aren't. Was there a moment when it started to crystallize for you? So I was that kid when I was younger. I really wasn't the the best on every team. I wasn't the hardest thrower, didn't hit a lot of home runs, wasn't the fastest. I really, I was a late bloomer. And probably my junior, sophomore, junior years of college is where I started to, to get better and started to flourish a little bit. I went away my sophomore year played in the Coastal Plains League and played against a lot of Division One kids. And, you know, I fit right in. And that was kind of – that was a moment where I'm like, I'm not that far off. Um, I didn't get many big one looks out of out of high school. You know, I was a good high school pitcher. But I was I was a little bit of a late bloomer. And um, 
I think the only Division One school that really looked at me was Delaware State, and I, I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go to a, you know, a good four-year school and and get a really good education. And that's why I chose to go to Rowan, and you know, and I went my after my junior year, I went to the Cape Cod, and after that, that's when I kind of had an idea where, you know, I got a good chance of being of being drafted. So that was that summer was probably the biggest summer for me going into my senior year. When you go to Rowan, I always talk to guys about when they take the next step and the adjustment. Mm -hmm. Uh, How big an adjustment was it for you going from the high school to the college game? It's a big adjustment at any level, you know, going from high school to division one, two, three, junior college. Uh, It's an adjustment period. You know, it's, it's a job in college. It's, you know, being a student athlete is, it's not meant for everybody. It's a job. It's a grind and you're working every day. And uh, that, you know, time management, is a big thing being, being a college athlete. It wasn't tough for me on the field. I feel like I really, I fit in pretty well right away. I made an impact right away on a world series team. You know, I threw, I think 90 some innings my freshman year um, and really, really contributed to that, to that team that year. How much fun, I mean, you had so much success at Rome, but how much fun did you have playing college oh, baseball? Best, probably the best four years of my life. It was amazing. You know, we, I still talk about to this day with a bunch of guys that I, that I play with. I'm in a group chat with a lot of guys and, that I graduated with, and we talk all the time about our, our memories. It was, it was unbelievable. It was a great experience, you know, being able to pitch in a college World Series and playing in three regionals, you know, playing in, in, in Jack Championship games. Those are memories that I'll just I'll never forget ever. Is there one memory from your college that is at the top of the list when you think back to your time at Rowan that is usually the first thing that comes rushing back to your mind? My freshman year when we piled on to go to the World Series. That was definitely the biggest moment of my, my college career is not just an individual but as a team, you know, being able to to win a regional and you know, we came up short in, in the World Series, but to win a regional was was special. It was awesome. So you mentioned earlier that when you were younger, you weren't, you know, you didn't strike out a ton of guys. But once you get to college, you know, your strikeout numbers are pretty obnoxious. What allowed you to turn into a pitcher that could avoid contact and dominate at times? I just worked at it. Honestly, I just wanted to be the best. After my junior year when I went to Cape Cod, I I came back with a lot of confidence. And I just told myself, if I can get these hitters out that are, playing on Team USA and they're playing on the best teams in the, in the country, Division One teams, there's no reason why I can't dominate Division Three level. And just that mindset alone, that really just gave me a lot of confidence every single start that year. And I really, truly believe that's why I had such a good year is because I was just very, I was, I was very confident in my, in my ability. And um, I knew that every time out there that we were going to win in my mind, no, no matter what, that we were going to win that day. And that just... I just I carried that confidence with me all the time, everything that I do. I want to be the best at, at anything. You kind of referenced this earlier, but what is it like? Now, you had games, you'd strike out 12, 13. I think you had 15 one game in college. What is it like on those days where you are that dominant? I, I think it's something that just about every kid that plays baseball dreams of, but to live that – and to have games where you're like, I know this team can't touch me right now. What does that feel like? <laughs> it's like, it's the best feeling in the world. It really is. Just being on that mound and knowing that that team's got no no chance. It's just it's an it's kind of like it's hard to explain. Really, you know, being on that mound and just completely dominating 
you know, and like I said earlier, walking off that field with a complete game shutout is one of the greatest feelings of the world, you know, besides hitting a, a walk-off home run. And it, it all comes back to the, to the mindset and, and having confidence. That's, that's really what it comes back to is, you know, believing in yourself and, and knowing that you're going you're gonna to dominate. You know, if you go into any, any outing and you're, you're doubting yourself or you're questioning yourself, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of, you know, success. But if you're prepared and you're mentally prepared to go into a start and you know you're going to dominate, you're going to most likely have good results. So what's it like as you're going through your college career, becoming an upperclassman, you're continuing to dominate, continuing to have success, major league teams start kicking the tires on you, come around. What was that like to, to have major league scouts coming specifically to watch you? You know, I, I look back on it and I kind of think to myself, like, it was, it was a crazy time, but it happened, like, so fast that I didn't even really have time to think about it because I was just so focused on my next start, you know, our next game, that I didn't really ever sit back and just think about, like, man, all these scouts are, are coming to, to see me. And I'm thankful for that because it, I didn't really let it get to me. I kind of – I actually – it helped me up my game more, and it gave me more motivation to, to pitch better, to, you know, to prove to a lot of other people that I deserve to, to pitch at the next level. You know, all those other college coaches that, you know, that passed up on me to, you know, to not play Division One. Uh, that, that was a motivate, you know, motiv- big motivating factor for me. But it was – I just used it as motivation. You know, when I saw the scouts back there, I, I wanted to prove to them that I, I belong – I belong to next level, and I felt like I did my job. Was there anyone specific that kind of helped you? Because I think even if you've got confidence and you expect success, I would imagine the process of dealing with the attention you're getting from scouts and the media to a certain point, and it, it can be times overwhelming. Was there people you leaned on that maybe had gone through it before or just helped you kind of navigate how to do this the best way? Yeah, there were some people that I, that I talked to that been through it, but I, you know, my brother helped me out a lot. You know, he he played at Rowan. He was a big, a big factor in it all. He was a catcher, so I, I learned a lot from him. He taught me a lot. You know, my coach Juan Ranero at the time, he he been through it with a lot of other guys. You know, he coached at a pretty high level. You know, he's at Barry University now. Uh, he he helped me a lot through it as well as being my college coach and kind of mentoring me through through the process because it is a lot on the you know, a 21 year old kid and you're, you're getting phone calls from all these scouts. And, you know, like I said, it happened so fast that like, I just didn't even have time to think. It was just, it was, a, it was a crazy time. I still, it feels like it was yesterday, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people that helped me throughout the years. If I named them all, we'd be here for, we'd be here for a long time, but those were definitely the important ones. Was there any, did you feel like you had to overcome anything being Division Three? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, you know, a Division One kid compared to Division Three kid, everyone's gonna look at a Division Three kid a lot differently than the Division One kid because he's playing against better competition every day. You know, and I just knew I had to stand out. I couldn't be an average left-handed pitcher come out of Division Division Three school. I had to stand out. I had to be different than every other Division Three kid that year. And I knew that. And that's what motivated me in the gym, you know, running, conditioning, everything every day. That's, that was just what motivated me. And it all goes back to playing the Cape Cod that summer, seeing all those division one kids and seeing how good they were, but that I wasn't that far off going through that process really helped me a lot. 
So you do get drafted. You get drafted high, eighth round in 2008 mm-hmm. by the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, take me through, were you watching the draft? Were you just waiting for the phone to ring? Did you completely ignore it? How'd you handle it? No, I, I was locked in from round one till to when I got drafted. Um, I knew I wasn't going in the first or second round, but I had phone calls from scouts telling me I could go anywhere from the third to the eighth round. And uh, I think the first day that year was the first three rounds, I want to say, maybe four. And I remember being like a little upset, not upset, but like just a little like nervous. And I had, I remember I went to uh, South Jersey, what was it? South Jersey Baseball Association Banquet for all South Jersey. And I got honored there. And I remember I had to make a speech that night and it was just in the back of my mind. Like, you know, I didn't get drafted yet. What's going to, I'm just thinking about the future. And I thought the Red Sox were going to take me to seventh round the following day. And they passed up on me. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, I'm starting to get nervous. And then that's when the Cardinals called me, you know, picked before in the, in the eighth round. Very fortunate that they picked me. Had you had a lot of contact with the Cardinals before that? Or were you surprised they were the ones? I had a little bit, but not like, not a lot. I had a lot of contact with the Red Sox. I thought for sure that's that's who was going to take me at the time. But I was pretty much contacted from every organization besides maybe two or three. But I would say the Red Sox showed the most interest out of all teams. The Cardinals weren't really – they showed interest, but they weren't – I wasn't in contact with them a lot. So it did catch me kind of by surprise. So you sign a deal. You get started uh, 2008. What, you start in A-ball, correct? Yeah, I started in a short season in Batavia, good old Batavia, New York. What, <laughs> what was it like from a competition standpoint, but then just also from a life standpoint? I mean, you're a professional baseball player. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was different. I'm not going to lie, it's, but it was a job and that's how you had to, have to treat it. it was, I'm getting paid to play baseball now and it's a job. Um, and this is really all I have to focus on is taking care of my body, playing baseball and obviously, you know, my family. But it was it was it was definitely different. Biggest thing was, you know, being away from home for a long time. You know, my parents and family not being able to see me all the time was. But I, I went through that, you know, two summers prior to that. So I was away for, you know, maybe two months playing summer ball. So I was kind of used to living on my own a little bit, but being with a bunch of, you know, high draft picks and guys playing again at big time big time schools. You know, everyone asked me, oh, what school did you go to? Where are you from? I'm Rowan. Well, where the heck's that? Uh, it's a Division three school in, in Glassboro. Oh, I never heard of it. And I've, I can't tell you how many people I've had conversations with. They're like, why did you go to Division three? I'm like, well, that was the best, the best fit for me at the time. And I'm very thankful that I went there. I had the best four years of my life. So what's life like in the minor leagues? You got as high as AAA with the yeah. Cardinals and with the, the Colorado Rockies. You, you got a cup of AAA coffee. Did did you enjoy being a professional baseball player? You obviously love the game, but did you yeah. were you able to enjoy the grind as well? I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was an amazing experience. But I mean at the lower levels it does get it does get tough, especially those hot days. Uh you're not really you don't get the greatest food. You eat a lot of peanut butter and jelly. You're not making a whole lot of money. People think, Oh, you play professional baseball, you you're getting paid a lot of money. No. Not as not necessarily true. At the rookie rookie level, you're not really making a whole lot of money. Uh, but it was it was it was a great experience, and I made a lot of lifelong friends that I still talk to to this day. You know, in a couple guys' weddings, and 
it's it's a great experience. I would, like I said, I would never trade it for the world. You know, the bus rides could be brutal, but I would do anything right now to go back and be on a on a bus going and playing somewhere. You know, it's just it's it was a great time. It was a great experience, and uh, I will always remember those those memories. Now, did you have to deal with some injuries while you were playing pro? Yeah, so I kind of had a weird it was a weird situation that happened with me. So my third year I was with the Cardinals in 2011 in spring training, they pitching coordinator came up to me and said, Hey, we want to, we want to, we want you to get lefties out. So we want you to drop down a little bit, drop your arm angle a little bit. We think that if you can do that and you're effective, that you can get to the big leagues this year as a lefty specialist. And, you know, pitching coordinators tell me that, you know, I have a big league pitching coach telling me that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if they're, if that's my way to the big leagues, then I'm going to do it. Like, I'm not going to even think twice. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, why didn't they, if this was their plan, why didn't they tell me to work on that in the offseason? Why are you telling me, you know, a week into spring training? And I'm like, this is, this is weird. So I started working on it. And my first outing, I was lights out. I think I had two innings, like five strikeouts. So I was 92, 93. And I remember walking off and I'm like, man, I have, I'm going to have a chance. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the big leagues. Like, this is this is my year, and uh, after that, it completely went downhill. Arms started to bother me, and I lost command, lost confidence. I'm in the bullpen. I'm usually a starter. I started my whole life, and uh, it was it, it it went downhill quick. You know, I'm you know I'm back in Double A where I was in Double A the whole year before in 2009. Spent the entire year in 2009. Now, 2010, I'm in Triple A double a back and forth and now 11 i'm back in double a being a lefty specialist so time comes tell me i'm released you know i was i was a little caught off guard uh, i'm not gonna lie and uh but i never and looking back on it, it was my fault i never really said anything about my arm like i was doing rehab on it and trying to to make my arm feel better and I've just always been that, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get through it. I'll be fine. Because I've seen guys go on the DL, and they have a long way to go once they get put on that DL. It's they got to start from the bottom, work their way back up. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm going to I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to find a way. That's just always how I've been. And um, it didn't work out that way. You know, everything happens for a reason. And, uh, yeah, I didn't say anything, and they released me. I, I tried to play with the – uh, the New Jersey Jackals independent league. After, I, didn't, I didn't resign with anybody after I got or in, an affiliate team after I got released. So I signed with the Jackals. Same issue. Arms still bothering me. No command. And it was almost to the point where I was like embarrassing. Like, this is not who I am. Like, I'm a better pitcher than this. And I just didn't know what was wrong. So I'm like, you know what? I went to my parents. I'm like, maybe I'm hurt. Maybe I'm legitimately hurt. So I scheduled a, uh, an appointment with Dr. Morgan. In Delaware, he's a pretty well-known doctor in the area. And get an MRI, looks at me, he's like, do you want to keep playing? I said, yes. I mean, it's my dream to make it to the big leagues. Baseball is all I know. He's like, well, you're going to need to get Tommy John if you want to keep playing. I'm like, okay. And I was I surprised a little bit, but I knew that there – it actually was more of a relief at the time because I'm like, there was something wrong with me. Right. Like, now it explains it, why I was struggling, why my command, velocity, everything – it kind of reassured it. So I had Tommy John. Now, mind you, I'm a free agent. So I had Tommy John in 2000, 
11. That was in uh, was September, no, July, I think. I forget. It was a long time ago. Maybe July of 2011. And rehabbed. And in 2012, I signed with, that's when I signed with the River Sharks. So I didn't sign with the, an affiliated team. Signed with the River Sharks. Played that whole year there. Kind of up and down because my arm still wasn't 100%. Actually, I'm sorry. 2012, I didn't play because I was rehabbing the whole year. 2013. Right. 2013 is where I latched on with the River Sharks. Up and down that year. And then uh, that offseason, that's that's when I signed with the Rockies that year in 2014. And uh, that was that was an experience that I'll never forget. This, the, the, you know, from 11 to 14 is where I, I learned a lot about myself. You know, I was been through a lot, you know, being released by, you know, three teams. You know, fighting through injuries, it was just, it was a lot, you know, and I learned a lot about myself and, me- and mental toughness and all that. And in 2014, I said, I started with the Rockies in spring training. I did better than I thought I could have done in AAA. 10 innings, gave up one run, and they released me the last day of spring training. I, had no, I didn't see it coming. Like, I was completely shocked. So they released me. I was 28. They told me I was too old to be to be in double-A or triple-A, and I, I didn't really believe that. So I go with the River Sharks and have three or four outings, do really well. And I'll never forget, I was coaching at Roan at the time. So I'm playing with the River Sharks in Camden, and I'm coaching at Roan. And we're in the NJAC playoffs, so it's like we're right in, I'm right in the thick of everything. So I always go to start a game, come back, go coach at Roan, leave Roan game early, go to the you know, Camden game. It was just it was a crazy time in my life. So now we're in regionals with Rome, and I'm pitching for the River Sharks in Somerset. I leave, I think we're in Scranton, Wilkesbury. I leave that night after a game, drive all the way to Somerset. I pitch that next day in Somerset, throw really well, come back that night, come back to Branton. That very next day, we're getting ready for a game. I'm coaching, and I get a phone call, and it's from the Rockies. Tell me they want to re-sign me. I'm like, what the heck? Like, why didn't you guys just hold on to me? Like, come on. So anyway, I'm excited. I literally have to leave. We have a game that day. We lose. We actually get knocked out. I leave that day, and I'm on a flight out the next day to Modesto, California. I'm in, I'm in A-ball, 28. I'm pretty much the oldest guy in the league at 28. Everyone else is 23, 24. So then I played about two months. I was in double-A, triple-A after that for a little bit with the Rockies. They ended up releasing me again. I think it was like in July or something like that. So I go back with the River Sharks, do well again. Actually, I'm sorry. As soon as I got back with the River Sharks, that day, I get a phone call. I'll never forget. I come back from BP, look on my phone, and it's I have a missed call from Toronto. I'm like, what? Who's called me from Toronto? So I call the number back, and they're like, hey, this is so and so from the Toronto Blue Jays. We want to, we want to sign you. I'm like, Wow. Okay. Now, mind you, this is all in one year. This is all one season. I can't right. make this up. 2014. I know it's a long story, but it's just, it was a crazy story, crazy year. So <laughs> next day, take a flight out to Dunedin, Florida, where their high A team is. Fly out there. And I'm there for maybe two hours. I can take my physical. I'm getting ready. Go outside to throw and stretch. They call me in the office and they tell me they're releasing me that day. Can't make it up. Didn't even throw a pitch. Wasn't even there for 24 hours. What happened? 
So they told me that they, they saw some red flags in my physical. What it was, still to this day, I don't really know. Uh, but they said they didn't like my physical. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So at this point, I'm like, I'm just, I go to the airport sitting there making phone calls, telling my, my family. I'm like, I don't even know what to do at this point. Like, I can't catch a break. So I talked to my wife, my parents. I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'm going to finish out the year with the River Sharks and see where it goes from there. Finish out the year, do fine. And that following year, I was still coaching. I was starting to lean more towards the coaching route. And I remember I met with Chris Widger, who's, you know, won a World Series, South Jersey guy. He was my manager with the River Sharks. He was going to bring me back as a player coach that following year. I was going to be the pitching coach and pitch. Well, that that was the year River Sharks folded. Right. So that was pretty much the end of my career right there. And then in 20 – so I didn't really uh, – half of that year, I think that was 20, 2016. In 2016, halfway through the year, I ended up pitching two months with the Sussex County Miners in the Can-Am League, and that's where I, I finished my career out. My last ever outing as a professional pitcher. Like I had a career high in strikeouts. Turned to triple play. That's never happened in my life. And I threw a nine-inning complete game. Those for, there were three that's never happened in my professional career. And I was like, that's a sign. I got to hang them up. And did. that was my last outing. At peace with that? Were you at peace with that at the time? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I left it all out there. And I knew walking off that field, I'm like, yeah, it's, this is it. Like, I'm fine with it. God's trying to tell me something. You know, it's time to move on and and – going to the coaching world time for a break on one-on-one we will have more with rutgers camden head baseball coach ryan kulik right after this hey everybody it's cherry Gregg here you may know me around town as kyw news radio's community affairs reporter but every week i produce and host flashpoint a podcast where we highlight the hot topics in philadelphia local newsmakers and change makers burning things up in our region From gerrymandering to gender equality and policing in schools, we'll walk you through the flames on Flashpoint. It's available wherever you downloaded this podcast that you're listening to now. So subscribe. Thanks so much. And we are back. Our guest this week on One on One, Rutgers Camden head baseball coach Ryan Kulik. I, and I mean this sincerely, I miss the River Sharks. I thought it was fun baseball. I thought it was good baseball. I thought they did a nice job. What are your memories of your time in Camden? Oh, it was great. I mean, being able to live at home and drive to the ballpark every day was amazing. You know, being, living with my wife and I actually had a, a couple of guys that lived with me from the River Sharks. One guy I didn't even know. I had no idea who he was. I took him in, ended up getting really close with him. Still talk to him to this, to this day. And then another guy who I brought in, I actually played with his twin brother on the Cardinals. And uh, he lived with me for the whole, Basically two years he lived with me. It was just it was a great experience, you know, being able to play in front of family every every time out there. It was awesome. Some some of the best memories as a as a professional player and kids that I do lessons with and kids I'm coaching with are coming to come to watch me pitch and stadium was amazing. You know, I, I do I do miss it a lot. I really do miss that time. It was fun. You talked about that last game. Was there a point and I guess kind of from that, you know, twenty twelve on where you started to have the realization, like, I don't know if the big leagues are going to be in the cards and you start the focus on, I just love playing the game and I'm going to play as much. And obviously you still want to get to the big leagues, but that 
the reality that it might not happen? Does that start to creep in? A little bit. You know, when I had Tommy John, you do, you know, you have a lot of time to think. You're rehabbing and you do a lot of thinking. It's hard not to think because you really you can't throw. You're limited working out wise. So you do a lot of thinking. At that time, I still believed in myself. You know, I was still young. I was 25. I'm like, I can still do this. You know, I'm going to be better and stronger from the surgery. Uh, and in 2014, when I was with the Rockies in spring training, I honestly thought that I had a legit chance at, at, making, at making it. I felt good. I felt strong. I was doing well, you know, and just I had all the confidence in the world. And I, I legit thought that I had a chance. I'm like, I, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a call up at some point this year. And then when I got released, that kind of it took a little bit of air out of the out of the balloon, like it really did. And but I kept going, and I got re-signed again. And when I got released that second time, I'm like, all right, this is this is tough. Like I got this, I got accepted. I'm going to play independent ball, finish out the year, live at home. And it was hard for me to accept that, but I did, and I knew it was time to eventually move on. I knew that the end was near, but. My biggest, you know, I wanted to make it to the big leagues, whether it was one pitch, I wanted to experience that. And I never did, but I still, I did a lot that some, a lot of people have, have never done. So that's how I look at it. You mentioned you were coaching while you were playing with the River Sharks. Do you always think, and I'm going back to your college, like, do you always figure eventually you're going to want to coach? You know, in, in college, didn't really think about it. I, I, I mean, I wanted to be a teacher, a high school teacher, and then maybe eventually coach. But I was so focused on becoming a professional pitcher that, you know, my my, my mom would always tell me, hey, what are you going to do with your future? What are you? And I just didn't know. I wanted to play baseball. That's all I knew. That's all I cared about. And then, you know, I would say probably two years after I got drafted, I started hanging around Rowan again and getting around the guys um, and started coaching a little bit, volunteering. And that's where I was like, you know, I can – I could see myself doing this, give back to where I played. and It was enjoyable being being around those guys and, and where I played. And then after that, I kind of realized, like, yeah, this is this is something that I want to do. Did I ever think that I was going to be a head coach right away? Uh, no. You know, I thought maybe I'd be a Division One pitching coach somewhere, and I was fine with that. But now I'm a head coach, and I love it. You know, I love having my own team, and I love it here. What is your favorite part of coaching? What is it? If you had to boil it down, is it uh, seeing something you've worked on with a kid come together, seeing that light bulb go on? Is it recruiting? Is it just getting a chance to, to hang around the batting cage some more? What is, what is your favorite part? That's a good question. It's a little bit of everything, honestly. I mean, watching the kid develop over the years from when they're a freshman till they leave, that's fun. You know, change, you know, Molding a kid from, you know, being a kid to being in, turning him into a man, that that's, that's important to me. You know, obviously winning and, you know, all the baseball stuff is, is fun, but, you know, just, just making a, a positive impact on kids' lives. That's probably the number one thing, you know, and some kids come from different backgrounds and some kids learn differently and just trying to learn the different personalities is fun. It can be challenging at times because there are, like I said, there's a lot of different personalities and every kid learns differently. And, and I understand that, you know, and I, I know I learn differently. Uh, other coaches learn differently. And 
but just being being a positive influence on kids and, and, and changing their lives is, is important to me. How much better a coach did all the adversity you had to deal with as a pro? You know, you dealt with injury. You dealt with setbacks. You dealt with being told one thing in the morning and then something else in the afternoon. Like all the hard realities of professional baseball, you dealt with them. How much does that make you a better coach? Because it gives you such a breadth of wisdom and life experience where it's not all the game came easy to me and I was just better than everyone else. You you really kind of experienced the entire spectrum of what it's like to, yeah. to play ball. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think kids kind of respect me more because I've been through it. And I think that's kind of what separates me from maybe some other coaches. You know, I played at a high level. And I'm just because I played doesn't mean that I'm going to be a coach. And I understand that. But I've been through the grind. You know, I've been at the bottom and I've been at the top. I played Division Three baseball. I played in the Cape Cod. All those experiences have helped me get to where I am now. And I get to share those experiences with, you know, with the guys I'm coaching now and, and pass along all the information and everything that I learned. And I learned a lot more from when I failed. That's, I really did. Um, you know, everyone can, when you're out there dominating, it's, it's easy. It's easy when you're out there having fun and dominating, but it's, it's tough when you're, when you don't have your best stuff and you're struggling. That's, those are the days where you gotta, you gotta man up and, and find a way. Um, and more times than none, you're, you're going to be out there with your, your average stuff. You're not always going to have a great day. I, I explain that to our guys all the time. I've been there. I know what it's like. I've been through injuries. I've been released five times. I've been released three times in one year. Like I, I've been there. I know what it's like. And I think guys really, like I said, respect me for that and, and understand, you know, I'm not just, you know, a guy that didn't really play the game much and just a coach. Like I, I feel like I'm more than that and I can bring, a lot to the table in that aspect. You know, I still work out with the guys. You know, I'll go out there and I'll, I'll throw to them. I'll get on the mound and I'll pitch to them. And I think they like that. They like when they see coaches, you know, getting in there and, and working out with them. You know, I try and do everything I can for these guys and they rally around it. What would you say is your favorite game memory from your life as a pro? You talked about that last game and you had all those things rolled up into one. Would that be at the top of the list or is there another moment you know, be it just maybe a batter you faced or an out you got or a game you won in a big situation. Is there one that, that you know, is at the top of that list? Yeah, we actually, when I was in double A, we had a, a double header, but it was two seven inning games. And I threw a one hitter, uh, one, one hitter, but gave up one run. It was a solo home run. So that was the only run that I gave up. But I never threw a one hitter. Actually, I didn't call it nine innings, but throwing a one hitter into, you know, double A was was a pretty special moment for me that that sticks out and then my first ever pro outing when I was in uh in uh short season I remember I uh I think I struck out five in two innings first professional outing and that was just a crazy experience all the adrenaline and you know I had I had that night because just thinking back to you know pitching in division three and now I'm in you know professional baseball it was it was a big jump but I didn't let the moment really get to me and I did well. So that, that sticks out in, in my mind. And then, like you said, my last, my last ever professional outing was, was one that I'll never forget too. Best player you played, best batter you faced. Who was the, uh, the, when you look back, 
the guy that was the most impressive hitter you faced? I have to say Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton now. I have to say him. I faced him a couple times in spring training because the Cardinals and the uh, Marlins would share. We shared a facility. So we played against the Marlins all the time, and I faced him. Faced him a bunch of times. Did strike him out once or twice, but he also did hit a double off me off the wall. So I would say we're even. Uh, but I faced a lot of a lot of guys there in the big leagues now. I did face Andre Ethier when I was in AAA. That was a pretty cool experience. Mike Moustakis I faced a lot when I was in AA against the Royals. And Hosmer faced uh, faced him a bunch. Uh, Mitch Moreland. There's a, there's a lot of guys that I faced. And it's pretty cool, you know, turning on ESPN and seeing seeing guys that I faced still playing at a, at a high level and, and doing really well. So, yeah, it was – it was it was awesome. It was great. So how did the Rutgers-Camden opportunity come about? You spent, what, six years as an assistant at Rowan? Well, it was, it was kind of weird timing. It was like six and a half, actually. I actually coached the entire fall season last year. Okay. Uh, we just finished up the fall season at Rowan, and then I took the job in November here. Job opened up in, like, July. I remember being on vacation, finding out. I put in for it. It was, it was a long process. It really was. But once it opened up, I was like this. If I want to be a head college coach, I got you know, to take it. I got to put in for it, see what happens. Am I going to get it? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to, to get the job. And I thought it was the right move for, for my career, my future, my family. And I talked to Coach Dixon. He completely understood and was supportive. Was he upset that I was leaving? Yeah, he was. Not, he wasn't mad or anything like that. Good. You know, he was there one point um, I think every assistant coach eventually wants to be a you know a head coach at some point and he, he understood that but I learned a lot there learned a lot from him you know and it's it was a great a great six and a half years as you know being a being a pitching coach there Ryan Kulik thanks so much for taking the time enjoyed the conversation absolutely I appreciate you for having me thank you and that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Rutgers Camden head baseball coach Ryan Kulik for being our guest this week. If you like the show and you want to help us out, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. Now you can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening and check us out again next week when we bring you another episode with somebody you should know more about.